0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. All right, good evening. So, uh, I've preached here uh, several times now, and I have to say that, Jared, uh, I'm honored to be here. Uh, It's been a privilege to last about a year and a half now. Being a Redeemer and seeing the church grow and uh, and do really awesome things, so uh, thank you, Jared, for giving me the opportunity to be here. And it's it really has been a blessing. I've grown a lot since being here. Um, tonight, uh, I want to start off with uh, a little bit of a personal story of mine. Uh, I like to go fishing. Um, some of you guys may not know that. I saw with Jared last week. I should go and fishing. Uh, and so I go I go fishing a lot at Patriots Park, It's by campus. I take a lot of football guys out there and. Uh, a lot of guys out there to go fishing. It's one way uh, for me to minister to them uh, and just to share God's word or talk about their life. A lot of times it gives you a, a, a moment of just uh, openness and kind of peaceful out there so people feel like they can open up and, and share things. So I really like taking guys fishing and, and hanging out. And I actually catch a lot of stuff too. I catch uh, tree limbs and, and fishing lures and, and all kinds of dirt. <laughs> uh, I don't catch a lot of fish out there but I like going just for fun, and especially talking to the guys out there is a good time. Um, one thing I thought about, though, is with fishing and anything else, uh, whether you like fish or you don't like fish, if somebody were to build a pond in your neighborhood, uh, most people wouldn't be opposed to that and, 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 and dislike that idea. And even if you don't like a certain fish or an animal, you're not going to go up to them and, and start cursing the fish out and tell them the fish how bad you like. You dislike it. But the reality is... We do that with people. And see, uh, in Genesis here, it talks about how God created uh, the animals and everything we see around us, and that was God's creation. It was good. But God created people in His own image. They're the highest of all creation. Yet a lot of times, we treat people the worst. We treat people worse than we treat animals a lot of times. We treat people with disrespect and with hatred. If we disagree with somebody politically, or we disagree with somebody uh, theologically, or, or so-and-so, we're quick to tear them down and just uh, tell them how wrong they are and how how bad and corrupt they are. And we don't think about that that person is made in the image of God. We don't even think about that. A lot of times when we disagree with somebody, especially the way the world is today, there's so many different political views out there, and most people are like either one side or the other. And so somebody's on the opposite side of the political side that you choose, a lot of times... Uh, we don't even see them as human. We just see them as as corrupt, evil beings. We have to stop and think that they're also created in the image of God. And God values them, so we also have to value uh, and respect and love them. And so tonight's sermon is about how we see others as made in the image of God and how we see ourselves as also made in the image of God. So if you would, bow with me and pray. Dear Lord, I ask that as I preach tonight and as I preach your word in Genesis about being made in your image, that you open up our eyes and our heart to really receiving your word about what it means to be made in your image, how we should treat people because of that, and how we should value those around us because you value us so much. Let us see your love tonight. Let my words be yours and not my own. Let me take a back seat to you and you speak through me tonight. And then we leave this church tonight uh, with a change of heart. And then we go out there and change the world for you. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, before we see other people as made in the image of God, we have to first see ourselves as made in the image of God. And um, uh, one, one thing I want to talk about before I get to that point is, in Genesis, you kind of have to understand the context of this passage. See, God created humans on the sixth day. He created the entire world and all we see in it in six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And so God created the sun, the moon, the stars, all the plants, all the animals in six days. And after every creation, he said, it is good. God created the animals and he said, it is good. And God created the plants and he said, it's good. But then when God created humans, he said, it is very good. So humans, that's the highest creation out of anything God ever created. And so when we look at uh, how we value humans, God values humans as the highest of his creation. We were created last. We were created and made in his image. And what that means is that everything else you see out there, yes, it's good because it's made by God. But we're special because we're made in the image of God. God made us to look like him and to act like him to think like Him, and to be like Him. And so, and then He also gave us dominion over the fish of the sea and and over the animals and the plants. And if you look back to the very first people, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, the garden was a perfect place. There was no sin, no death, no suffering, no evil. It was a perfect place. And God said, um, you can have anything you want. You have dominion over the fish of the sea, the animals. All the fruits and vegetables, you can have it all. I just ask that you obey me. And God didn't say, I have 50 rules here to obey. He said, I have one rule. Don't eat from that one tree. That's the only rule I have. Don't eat from that one tree. And as you guys know, Adam and Eve, they ate from the one tree. Just like a lot of us today in our life, God says, do this, and we do the opposite. Because we want to try it out. Or we think that our way is better than God's way. God says do this, and we're like, I don't know, I kind of want to go this route. And as you guys know, when you do that, it leads to more destruction and devastation never pays off. And so when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they separated themselves from God. And then they got the total opposite of God. So they got death. They got evil in the world. They got sin. And they got illness and, and pain and suffering. So all the bad things you're seeing today... It's not because God wanted that. It's because we chose that, basically. We chose to go our own way. And so, although we're still made in the image of God, we're still made to look, think, and act like God, sin tainted that. And so our human nature fights hard against us to see the image of God in other people and to see it in ourselves. And so we have to fight that back. We have to fight against our human nature to realize that we are made in the image of God and other people in this world, everybody else is made in the image of God as well. So before we see others as made in the image of God, like I said, we have to see ourselves as also made in the image of God. What that means is society today, uh, with magazines, uh, newspapers, TV ads, radio ads, promote an image of who the top people in society are, the people that are wealthy and, and good looking, they're people that have this ability and disability. and so people grow up in society thinking that if they no, if they don't look like this person, if they don't have athletic ability or or they can't sing well or do this and that, they're going to be lower in society. They're not going to be worth as much as this person, and so we grow up with this mindset that this person is more valuable than me. Maybe if I'm not wealthy, maybe I'm not as most, maybe I'm not as valuable as this person, or if I don't have this ability or gift, maybe I'm not as valuable. It's somebody that does. And the reality is that God tells us a very different story about each person and their own gifts and abilities. And so, although our passage tonight is in Genesis, I want us to take a look for a second in 1 Corinthians. And it really paints a good picture of what it means to be the body of Christ and be made in the image of God. And it's 1 Corinthians. It won't be on the screen, but I'll read it to you guys. His 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it starts in verse 12, and it says, For just as the body is one and has many members and all members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But it is, is God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose, if all were a single member where would the body be? as it is there are many parts yet one body. what that passage means right there is that everybody in this room and in the world has unique gifts and talents given to them by God and God gave you those talents and gifts when you were born for a reason and it's saying that even if society says that you know that gift or, or that talent is better than this one if you look about, if you look at the body, Maybe you consider the head is, is, is more um, valuable than the rest of the body. But think about this. If your hands were cut off, you would lose the ability to do a lot of things. The whole body would suffer because of that. It would be hard to move around. It would be hard to do different things. Your body would suffer because you don't have your hands. This is what First Corinthians is saying about bodies of believers. That if one, if one member, if we say they're not important, we don't need them, The entire body suffers because each one of our gifts and ability makes the whole body. And without that one person, then the whole entire body of Christ suffers. So you may think that, you know, I'm not valuable. I'm not worthy. I don't have great talents and abilities. Well, God gave you the talents and abilities you have for a reason. And he says that you're a valuable member of the body. And without you, the whole entire body suffers. That we need you. And Christ needs you. And then the next part of this is really interesting in 1 Corinthians and it's something the society would never preach, but God tells us this is how it should be. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, like I just said, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. On On those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving the members that, that may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. It says there that every member of the body of Christ, so you in this room, Your neighbor out there, everybody that's in the body of Christ is indispensable. That means non-replaceable. That means needed and wanted. God values you. See, the society says you're not worthy. God says you're worthy. God says, I need you. I need you to follow me. And God says, if you follow me, I'll take your life and your abilities, your gifts that I've given you and magnify them beyond your entire imagination. And I want to tell you an example in the Bible. Look at David. Uh, When God told Samuel, you're going to go to the house of Jesse, and you're going to find the next king of Israel. And Jesse said, or Samuel, he said, how am I going to know when I see this king? And God said, you'll know when you see him. It'll be obvious to you. So Samuel goes to the house of Jesse, and he said, Jesse, God told me that one of your sons is going to be the next king of Israel. So can you bring your sons out to me? So Jesse brings out seven sons. And Samuel goes through each one of them and says, no, it's not you, it's not you. And he goes through every one of them and says, "Uh, Jesse, uh, none of these sons are yet. God didn't tell me any any of these sons are going to be the next king. So he asks Jesse, he goes, do you have any more sons? And he goes, well, I have one more son. He's a shepherd boy. He's out in the fields playing with the sheep. He's young. Uh, You don't want him, basically. And Samuel says something pretty powerful in the Bible. He said, well, I'm not leaving to you bring him out here. And so um, uh, David comes out, which is the shepherd boy. He's young. He's not as strong as, as some of his uh, uh, brothers. He's probably not as popular. Society will probably say that, that David's kind of dispensable. He's not necessarily valuable. But as soon as Samuel sees David, he goes, that's the one. He goes, the Lord said, that's the anointed one. And he anoints David as king at a a very, very young age. And David becomes the greatest king of Israel. He restores Israel to economic, political, and military power. And he defeats the Philistines and becomes this awesome, awesome ruler. But see, uh, he says something very crucial there. Um, And it's in 1 Samuel. It says that the world man looks at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. So he said, I don't care if you're the strongest or you have this ability or this ability. I don't care if you're the prettiest or, or the best looking or, or what society says about you. I care about where your heart's at. And if your heart's in the right place, I will use you to do things beyond your imagination. So David's heart, he's labeled in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. He was following God with everything he had. And because of that, God said, I'm going to use you. Although you're young, you're not necessarily as strong as your brothers. I'm going to use you because of your heart. And he became the greatest king of Israel and did things beyond his imagination. Same thing with Moses. A lot of you guys probably know Moses. Uh, Moses uh, was also one of the greatest rulers of Israel. And back in the time of Moses, uh, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. They were in slavery. A terrible, horrible situation. And Moses had a stuttering problem. If you don't know what that is, he he can't talk very well. And he couldn't speak very well to people. And God told him, Moses again was a guy after God's own heart, doing everything he can to live for God and said, i will give my life to you. And and God told him one day that, Moses, you're going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses like, God, not me. He goes, I can't speak. He goes, how am I going to lead people? I can't speak. And so he's kind of going back and forth with God and and God said, no, you've got to trust me. You're going to be the next leader. And Moses ends up leading the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, and ends up bringing them up until eventually they go to the promised land, a land full of milk and honey. Moses couldn't speak. Moses couldn't speak very well. But he became one of the greatest leaders of all time. Moses probably thought to himself that I can't be a leader. I don't have these abilities that other people have. But God said, because your heart is in the right place, because you're following me, I'm going to use you to do things beyond your imagination. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? It it means that each one of us is indispensable. Each one of us is valuable. Each one of us is worthy. And we all have, um, we're all made to act, think, and look like God. So if we give our lives to God and trust in Him, He will use us to do godly things. Even though we ourselves can't do godly things, When we trust in God, we do godly things through Him. And so, once we see ourselves as made in the image of God, we have to see others as also made in the image of God. What that looks like to me is that what you think about people, what you take in, will control how you treat people. What you bring into your body, what what your thoughts are, are going to be how you treat people. Here's what I mean by that. Your thoughts control your actions. Your actions control your lifestyle, and your lifestyle controls your character. Well, your character is who you are. So who you are roots back to what are your thoughts? What are you taking in? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What news stations are you tuning into? Because if you're listening to the news every night, and it, it talks about a certain group of people or a certain political party and how bad and corrupt they are. And that's all you hear. And that's what you think about that whole group of people then when you find somebody that's of that political party or, or of that group, or, or etc., you're going to automatically think that they're an evil and terrible person. And because of that, you're going to treat them as less than human. You're going to treat them as somebody not made in the image of God. So before you enter a conversation with somebody you disagree with, or somebody that you've heard bad things about, you have to have the right thought process. What that means is you have to think that this person is made in the image of God. This person is worthy. God loves them, so how am I going to love them? And one way to do that is when you go into conversations with people uh, that you may even disagree with. Go into those conversations uh, willing to listen first and then speak. It says in the Bible, listen and then speak. When you listen to somebody, you may be surprised that uh, the person I thought was this evil, corrupt person is actually a really good person. They actually make sense. And when you're willing to listen and then speak, uh, you, you show respect to that person. You show that you care about them. In the Bible, uh, we're, all, we're supposed to care for the widow and the orphan. We're supposed to care for people. So, how are we doing that? Are we, are we really caring for people? And here's another, here's another thing about seeing those as made in the image of God. What you take in, uh, like I said, with, with TV and movie and, and radio and, and all of that. Whatever you're taking in, if it's it's saying an image that is not the image of God, if it's it's distorting the image of people in any way, then you're going to start to see and treat people differently. You're going to start to see and treat people on what it says, either evil or corrupt or or as objects or something else. And so what you take in is really important uh, to how you see people as made in the image of God. And then um, this one, to me, hit really hard uh, a few weeks back. Somebody said this on campus, and it, it, really, it really hit me hard, and I, I've been thinking about it for a long time. It says in the Bible that what you do to the least of these, you do to me as well. Jesus said that. So Jesus said, we're all made in the image of God. So how you treat your neighbor, how you treat your friend, the person you don't know, is how you treat me. And so how are you treating other people? Because if you're treating other people poorly, with disrespect, you're not treating them with love and you're not caring for other people. You're not caring and loving Christ. You're not respecting Christ. You're not showing that love to Christ. And so how you treat others is how you treat Christ. And I think that's something that we should, we should live by more in our lives. We should, learn, we should accept that truth and live that out. And one way to do that is, in my example, is a homeless person on the side of the streets. A lot of times we drive by them, don't even look at them. Don't even acknowledge them because we almost see them as less than human. And a lot of times we think that, oh, they're probably on drugs or they probably did something to to become homeless. It's probably their fault. And again, that's what I'm saying. Your thoughts will control your actions. So if you already have that thought that all homeless people are are like that because they're on drugs or because they did it to themselves, then you're going to treat them like that. You're going to drive past them. You're not going to look at them. You're not going to acknowledge that they're even human. And so I I challenge you guys to to go in there, seeing that people is made in the image of God. I read a book one time that said, if you look somebody in the eyes that's homeless, and maybe just say, hey, I'm praying for you, or hey, I hope you have a good day. Maybe you don't give them money or don't give them something, but you just say, hey, I hope you have a good day, or talk to them for a second. In a way, it makes them feel like they're human, And it also acknowledges that you see them as human. And it makes them feel better about themselves. Because they see that somebody else cares. Somebody else supports them and is praying for them. Somebody else sees them as human. So what I want to leave you with today is how you treat other people is how you treat Christ. We're all made in the image of Christ. And the hope today is that Christ came and died on the cross for our sins. And said that if you put your faith and your trust in me... And you say, I want to follow you, that I restore you back to God. That I see you again as perfect and holy. And then you have to also see others as that as well. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.